as I mentioned, the theme being witnesses. Our first witness is Zechariah, chapter 12. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. On that day, the mourning in Jerusalem will be as great as the mourning for Hadad Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. The land shall mourn, each family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the Shimeites by itself, and their wives by themselves, and all the families that are left, each by itself, and their wives by themselves. O Lord, have mercy on us. Our epistle lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. O Lord, have mercy on us. The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 18th chapter. If you are comfortable, let's rise in honor of our Lord's words. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now, the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoke openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. 
When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about what is wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing, warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, the relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the rooster crowed. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I start the sermon, I wanted to introduce myself a little bit. I am Reverend Dr. Andrew Watkins. This is my 24th year as a Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastor. I grew up on a dairy farm with my family in Vermont. After being in the U.S. Army for years, I went to college, and my first two degrees are in geology. Then went to seminary and received my Master of Divinity, becoming a pastor. My first church was in the panhandle of Florida, and it was a growing congregation, and we built on to the church and added rooms for Sunday school and activities. Um, it took a call to the state of Delaware, the church in Seaford, Delaware. Again, kind of a kind of a rural place, not the not right next to the not right next to the beach. But while I was there, I wanted to be able to help people to continue to grow in their faith. So I went back to um, school while I was still a pastor, and I got my doctorate degree. I wrote my dissertation on differentiated instruction, which means different people learn different ways. And therefore, in the bulletin tonight, you have a page, and it has a bunch of pictures on it, because during those four years and the, the, the research done how our brain works, we, if we simply hear something or read something, then we have a certain chance of remembering that. But if you also see a picture to connect to that, it's over 50% larger that you will remember part of that story and what it meant. So for the past 10 years after getting my doctorate degree, I've been using pictures. And after getting my degree, the Concordia College University system um, recognized what I was doing and said, we would like you to be a professor for us. So um, besides being a um, pastor, I also teach in um, Cedar Rapids in the morning for Trinity Lutheran School. I teach upper-level classes for them, chemistry and algebra and 
and, and earth science. Um, and then in the afternoons, besides being a pastor, then I'm also a professor for our Concordia University system. Um, so Mequon and, and Seward and River Forest and Chicago, um, whoever, whoever calls me first, then that's the one who gets me. So I'm, I'm pretty busy all year long. But it gives me the chance in the mornings to work with children. All of the students that I have as a professor are, they already have their bachelor's degree and they're all getting their master's degree. So I teach them in education how to be better teachers. And then as a pastor, I get to work with, with people all the way from the youngest children all the way to the happily mature. So tonight, we have the opportunity to be able to, to meet Simon Peter from our scripture lessons. So let's take a look at Simon Peter. The upper left-hand picture shows a little child. What's the child doing? Pointing. Yes, when, when, when we teach children, we often use that technique, right? What is this color here? We ask the child and we point. Oh, that one's yellow. And then we point to another one. Oh, that one is, is green. So we, we point at that. Or if we point out the animals as we're taking the children in the vehicle around town, Hey, what's that over there? Oh, that's a puppy dog. And, and, and uh, what are those black and white animals over there? Oh, those are cows. So how about if you tell me, what else do we use our finger to point out? What other kinds of opportunities do we have to point something out to someone? Can you think of anything? What else do we point out? Absolutely. You know what? And, and my wife is great at that. We, she, is, she is wonderful. And, and she will point out if an animal is getting close to the road so I can slow down and, and watch out for that. Excellent. Anybody else? What else do we point out? What do we often say at the... Fourth of July and fireworks, we point and say, yeah, look, look, ooh, ah, oh, there's a great one. There's, you know, we, we point things out. We're often pointing out somewhere else. But we can also point out if there is trouble around. The picture next to that shows Wells Fargo stage line. Now, Wells Fargo, in the 1800s, not only carried people, but it carried resources. It would carry for money for the bank. It would carry produce for the farmers. It would carry supplies for the general store. Now, there was, there was one man who gathered a few people around him, and they thought, well, this would be a great place to take what belongs to somebody else so that we don't have to work for it. His name was Black Bart. 
And he had such a fierce reputation, the, the black outfit and the six-shooter, that people were afraid. When on Wells Fargo stage line, there would be people that were watching just in case, just in case that Black Bart would show up to steal something. And they would point out, oh no, here he is. And just pointing the guns and what they said produced anxiety, fear, worry among the people on the stagecoach line so that Black Bart, throughout his career, never actually had to shoot anyone. He never had to fire his gun because he created such a fear and people would look out, watching out for him. Now, in those examples, we're always pointing to something else or someone else. In that third picture, the one in the middle on, on your left, you see the woman with her hands up and the man who is kind of wringing his hands and looking down. You can just imagine what might she be pointing out. How, how in the world did you lose the money? She's asking. And he said, I, I know it, I know it, I, I was going to take you this weekend. We had it all planned. We were going to get out of town. We were going to stay in a hotel. We were going to do activities. We were going to spend some time together. I feel so bad. I am so sorry. But I, I just couldn't help it. You know that the guys that I work with, every once in a while, will play a little bit of poker. And I just felt so lucky this time. I felt like this is, this is, this is my time. And, honey, I'm sorry. We can't, we can't go this weekend. I spent, I lost all our money. Or if he has to confess that, honey, uh, I, I know that I told you I was working late. I know, I, pro I promised you, I promised you this time that I would be faithful. I promised you that I would never spend time alone with another woman. But uh, I am so sorry. Uh, please, please, you have to understand. I just couldn't help it. it, it it's my fault. Or... I am so sorry that I hit you. I am so sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just so frustrated. I was just so, so angry at, I really was angry at the situation. I really didn't mean to hit you. I, I am so sorry. So in those three instances, where is the finger pointing? Yes, yes, exactly. It's pointing right at him. It's pointing right at myself. The opportunity for us to confess our guilt comes up every day. We, we struggle with guilt because of our original sinful nature. The opportunity to confess our guilt comes up every day. But have you found, you're, you're, in, you're in church, you can be honest, have you found that sometimes it's easier to point out someone else's 
shortcomings rather than turn that finger and point it back to ourselves. Simon Peter certainly understood that next middle picture on the right. Simon Peter certainly understood because do you remember, do you remember when Jesus had originally said that he was going to be betrayed, that they were going to go to Jerusalem and that Jesus was going to be betrayed, he was going to be handed over, and Simon Peter, first, first one, no, this can't be, and Jesus had to rebuke him. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind what God wants. And then, when Jesus had said it again, that he's going to have to go, he's gonna, they're on their way to Jerusalem, they're traveling, and he's going to be handed over, and he's going to be crucified. Simon Peter said, you can't do this. You can't do this alone. In fact, I won't let it happen. In fact, if all the other disciples, if they turn away, I, Simon Peter, I will stand up for you. I will fight for you. I will stay with you. But what did we hear? Three times, three times in this lesson, someone asks Simon Peter, aren't you with that, that guy that, that's in there talking? Aren't you with him? What did Simon Peter say? Three times. I know not the man. That's, he denied even knowing Jesus. And yet, he is there. He had promised Jesus that, just like the husband promised his wife, he had promised Jesus, I will not betray you. I will not leave you alone. And yet, three times in the same night, Simon Peter did. Simon Peter knew what it meant to point that finger back at himself. He knew what it meant. So I found a painting, the bottom left-hand picture. Do you see what the person is doing? Jesus is hanging there on the cross, dying for all of our sins. But what's that person with the, with the dog standing at his feet? What's that person doing? He is. He's pointing to Jesus. Because what does God's word say? What does God's word promise? It promises that all of those things that I can say about myself, when I have lied, when I have cheated, when I have betrayed, when I have sinned, all of my guilt, what did Jesus die for? Being punished there on the cross? All those things that Andy had done. All those things that, I wish I knew all your first names, but all those things that you have done. All the people that have ever lived. Jesus is the one who died to pay the debt, the guilt, the sin, for all of those things that we had done. That's why they're pointing to him. Who, who owns our guilt? It's not us. Thanks be to God, it's Jesus. He bought it with his own blood, with his own death. He bought, like just like a commodity. Remember the Wells Fargo stagecoach line bringing the resources into the general store? When Jesus died, he died and he bought 
all our guilt. Everything that God the Father could punish any of us for, Jesus owns that guilt. He bought it, and God the Father punished him. Now, in, in baptism, God has made us his children and has replaced that original nature with faith. Faith now, as his children, makes us holy, makes us righteous, and now we point to Jesus, our Savior. We point to the way that he calls us to follow him. And so we can tell, just like in that last picture, who really has the last say. Now, some of you are, are a little bit younger, but for those who, who maybe even watch reruns, right? Okay, um, What television show is this last bottom right-hand picture from? It is. It's Hogan's Heroes. It's Colonel Clink and Colonel Hogan. Now... On, on the TV show, they were, they were prisoners of war, they were in Germany, and, and they were fighting the war, Nazis. Now, Colonel Klink was said to be the commandant, the, the one who was in charge of Stalag 13. But we all know, watching the television show, who really ran things in the camp. We know that Colonel Hogan, he was able to bring in prisoners, he was able to bring in people that needed to get out and information and, and send them out safely onto England or wherever they were going. Likewise, we recognize now that God has died for us, that we have been baptized, that we have been given the gift. We didn't work for it, we didn't earn it. God has given us the gift of faith now, when guilt, when the finger of guilt starts to point at us, like Colonel Clink, saying, you are going to suffer for your guilt, we know better that, no, we have been freed from that guilt. We have been forgiven completely. God's forgiveness is an unconditional forgiveness. He, God doesn't say to us, well, I forgive you, Seven times, but uh, not the eighth. Or, or, I forgive you Monday through Saturday, but you, on Sunday, you have to be perfect. No, nope. even then, God forgives us. God's forgiveness is unconditional. So, yes, if we are honest with ourselves, we can look back and see, remember, where we've let others down. We bring that to the cross, and God forgives, and then he gives us the opportunities to go back to those people, if they're still here, to go back to them and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I want to not only make it up, but I want to live a new life. God calls us to live that new life, not in fear of guilt, not in fear of retribution or wrath, but in grace and mercy and forgiveness and love, just the way that Jesus loved and he forgave Peter, we too can forgive ourselves and live. You know that there's a, there's a great distinction made. Both Simon Peter and who was the one who betrayed Jesus? Judas. 
Both of them had, had betrayed Jesus. But what was the difference in their outcome? Judas killed himself because he didn't see in Jesus the same forgiveness that Peter saw. Peter came to understand. Jesus cooked that fire, brought them in, gave them an incredible catch of fish, and then says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. God calls us. He forgives us. And then he gives us the opportunity to feed others with God's love. We have a great heritage, a wonderful past, but an even brighter future sharing God's love with others. In Jesus' name, amen.